What's good? Welcome back to Agitator. Uh, we we got a new theme song for the show for y'all. Spit, Jerry. Spit. Who is that? Who is that? Judge, y'all know who that is. That's Jerry Hassani, the first uh, uh, wheelchair American rapper. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, cerebral palsy? Is that what that is? The first, the first hard R rapper. Mm-hmm. So on the Instagram or that video, there are some really good comments here. Uh, the first one that I really like is <laughs> strong password. <laughs> I, I really like the one where dude was like uh yo that part where he goes <laughs> this uh uh bro's literally spitting <laughs> wheel recognize wheel i uh I came up with one. I don't know. It might be a little bit of a stretch, but when you watch the video, it's really well produced. And I thought to myself, damn, this looks really expensive. I wonder if he's an industry plant, like a vegetable, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It works. It works. It works. It's a little, it, it took three steps to get there, but. We got there eventually. You you got to know. That's for you. You got to know a lot of references. That's one of those triple entendre, you know, mm-hmm. Lil, Lil Wayne. Um, bro, we've been talking about, speaking of retarded rappers, we've been talking about how Lil Wayne's bars work so well because he'd be saying mm-hmm. the dumbest shit and then dropping mm-hmm. gold. But mm-hmm. I saw right. a dissection, and I still stand by that, but I saw a dissection the other day <clears throat> of I don't remember which song it was. It was one of the new joints of his Nike references mm-hmm. and how they all tie into it was just insane. It was one of those nerds who know who digs way too deeply into lyrics, but I was like right. it was like way too specific to not be for real and also on completely on purpose and I was like Lil Wayne's a fucking genius. What the hell? Mhm. Mm-hmm. He really is. And he embodies that 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 difficult to explain place where he's not faking it it's not an affect you know the retardation is real too but it it might just be what real genius actually looks like i mean look at us we're retarded as shit yeah yeah i mean that's why he's our patron saint to talk about jerry yeah exactly who by the way kind of slaps actually i mean it sounds, it, it sounds like everything else coming out these days. I was going to say that. That sounds like the kids uh, in my school who rap at each other. Remember when we used to rap at each other in high school? Not you and I personally, but just in high school in general. Somebody would have the pencil. Yeah, remember and, and when the, you failed the, you know, seven times and we were in high school together? And Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, boom. Like, they would have the boom bap going with the pen, with the pencil. Yeah, with the pen on the table. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> Um, now kids just literally I'll hear them going down the hall 
rapping at each other and they're just going it doesn't hit the same no. those songs can be good but yeah as a but they need the technique, production and everything it's like yeah. if somebody was freestyling like uh let's see you got boom bap rap works for the yard and just spitting on the spot yep. uh folk yep. music the old school country shit works for just you know whipping it out there mm-hmm. that they'd be like trying to make a pop song and just like singing it at somebody right like it wouldn't make any sense you'd be like what's what's good about this you don't yo, wave some... when you drive by my house anymore mm-hmm. it's like what the fuck <laughs> yeah you wouldn't think it's good the stuff that makes migos songs and all of their ilk the current onslaught of rap that Migos and Future hath wrought, it really does depend on the production, which ironically, I don't think Future would need that production to be that good, but his imitators do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Future could could like go toe-to-toe in the, oh, yeah. in the schoolyard. Uh, speaking of Future and the Future, we got a glimpse into the future of our book sales today. Oh, we sure as shit is. Your shit popped off, bro. Tell the people about that shit. Mercy sold 412 copies last night. Thanks, Matt. Last night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Matt, for telling people to go buy my collection. Fuckers went to Amazon instead, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) You said it in the uh, show, though. You said it in the show straight up. You were like, yeah, people don't buy collections, and so it took me this long to write a collection, so I kind of did everything backwards. And then everybody said, uh, well, they spent an hour and a half talking about how good this collection is. Let me see what this novella is all about, though. <laughs> yeah. Let me crank this. Which, whatever. Joint. Sells a sale. Yeah. Whatever. Listen to or listen to Mercy. Uh, read Mercy. Read yep. everything. Buy it mm-hmm. all. Buy it sold, all. A few, sold a few letting out the devils, too. Finally. That, um, that book will pop, bro. That one's going to be like a... Uh, well, it's going to be a, a county sale for sure. Yeah, but, uh, I get, I've been wondering if I need to like, I guess when we sell it in the series and get the poster or whatever, yeah. I'll just I'll just rebrand it like that. It's got to be bigger though. I mean, like when you wrap up all the books together, Heathenish and Way We Came In and yeah. uh, Letting Out the Devils, you wrap that up as the county trilogy. Like that's, that's how that sells. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Especially throwing like a 3-6 Mafia ass cover on that shit. We got to. I've been talking about this shit forever, and I've never done it. But I think you're the one who has to do it. I think you have to have the the fucking three six mafia mixtape with all like the flames and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Lil B style mixtape, like Red Flame. Yes. But with you, with that lighting, and like in the background, <laughs> you, there's just like a there's there's a fucking Cadillac in the background. And for just for the picture, you have Photoshop like gold grills or whatever. That's <laughs> that's that's the look. That's the look. High artifice that turns I get, into high uh, art. I put I put my face and neck tattoos on Rowan and then give him mm-hmm. a give him like a gum wrapper hey. tin foil grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. But you got to go to uh fucking I guess Sears doesn't exist anymore. Where do they even do photos anymore? Like glamour. I don't shots. know, but I know what you mean with that backdrop yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
got to have that done. Me and my brother They and sister just, had that done once and they had us lay on top of each other. Like I was on the uh, yeah. bottom and then my brother laid on top of me and then my sister laid on top of me. And I remember you can, uh, my mom still has the picture obviously framed, but whenever I see it, I just have this memory of being like, this is the dumbest shit. <laughs> when yeah. is this going to be the case? Like none of us like each other. They We're always have you like molesting each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And now kiss each other on the mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and really, really look like you mean it this time. Some balding photographer with a fucking daffy, a stuffed daffy duck trying to make you laugh while you kiss your sister. We've all been there, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That Yeah, while you're wearing like a, a train conductor onesie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kinda, <laughs> with the hat and shit. Oh man, have you been to my mom's house? Is that is that? Have you seen <laughs> the have, pictures? We, yeah, we have the same mom. That's my <laughs> yeah. that's my picture. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I had a. I've been having crazy dreams recently. I won't bore the listeners with uh, the the play by play, but I've been waking up. I really do feel like dreams are not necessarily predictive. But they can be combative, and I really do think that that's how you clear out psychic trauma. You don't do it by talking about it on Twitter endlessly. You don't do it by, uh, you know, changing your name and your whole identity. You actually, you just have to fight demons in the dream world. Because I've been waking up feeling great. Hell yeah! Just killing demons like I'm in Doom in my dream, and then waking up and being like, oh hey. I'm a I'm a sovereign human being. I'm nobody's servant. I'm only a servant to creativity. I'm a husband to my wife and a father to my son and a teacher to these kids and a employee to my bosses and on and on, a friend to my friends. But I'm not anybody's servant except for the muse. And you come to that after, you know, shoving a machete in the eyeball of some octopus demon in your dream. So I feel yeah. like the next the next wave of therapy, dude, has to be uh, dream work, and and giving people the tools to fight creatures in their dreams. Eternal sunshine, shit, but yeah, less yeah. Uh, matrixy and more mm -hmm. um, shamany. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, what do you think made Mercy sell those copies? Um. Definitely going on Alan's YouTube show. There we go. Shout out, Alan. <laughs> no, no shade. Shout out, Alan. That show <laughs> fucking rocks. Uh, Surge Trigger on YouTube. Untitled Talkie Show. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great premise for a show. Um, yeah, Alan's just a, like, he's a natural dude. He's, he's oh, been yeah. his time uh, he, he working like, on eyeglasses or whatever. He He needs to be the next space ghost. Well, he knows how to stream that shit. Like the Twitch, like mm -hmm. he has all the, I guess that's what he does on Twitch. He's been doing like video game streams for forever and decided yeah. to do a podcast. Um, Man, that studio setup is crazy. He was just like, and now I'm going to make it look like you're inside the TV. And he did it in like half a second. I was like, mm -hmm. God damn. Are you the fool they hired for episode two of True Detective to put those posters on the wall? What if we just merged with Alan? Alan, if you're listening, which you probably are, why don't we just make that agitator? Why why would we have separate shows? 
Yeah. You can do the special effects. You can be the third mic. Why not? Yeah. We'll try we've it been, out. We've been saying we need a third mic too. Mm-hmm. And he's good at spitball. Like we're we're now, you know, I guess I forgot to do our actual introduction. Uh, welcome back to Agitator, the only first and only freestyle. Uh, so freestyle, I don't remember. We, I don't have this written down. Storytelling, Storytelling podcast. podcast, where we have come up with and flesh out a full outline of a brand new story out of thin fucking air each episode. Yep. We'll, we'll get that intro down better. But for real, like if we had good cameras and special effects in Allen, maybe that is the move. Maybe we need to try that. Probably. We just put us on some like uh, one week we can be on like the face of a mech and the face of a Godzilla. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. See, you see the vision. You There's see the like vision. There's like a burning city below us. <laughs> Alan is like the you remember ramp what was it called was it rampage was it uh oh the game with the gorillas that fight yeah 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 dude we should do a rampage episode where we're the gorillas (laughs) and our heads are bouncing around with them as they fight yeah and then then Alan can be the little people running back and forth (laughs) on the ground (laughs) dude live on mic deciding the fate of agitator but that would i mean i feel like people would watch that because i see a lot of uh kids who watch like twitch streamers or even if they're just watching a, a youtube video you've noticed this right like they they split the screen now and there's a person talking but then there's like uh you know ridge racer or whatever the racing game yeah. is that's on yeah. the, that's on the bottom half um roblox or some shit i don't know the the terminology but like having two things going at the same time is how you keep people tuned in mm-hmm. so if our faces if we were just having this discussion but like you were the fucking pterodactyl and i was i, I have to, I, i'm the blue gorilla for sure <laughs> uh but uh oh wait no rampage is different right yeah rampage is the side scroller i'm thinking of primal rage do you remember primal primal rage are we both thinking of Primal Rage? Maybe. Is okay, that... so Ram- Rampage is the one where you can pick the monkey, the Godzilla, and you side-scroll, and you knock down buildings. Oh, right. You climb up the buildings, you punch yep. in the windows, you grab the naked chick, you throw her in yep. the ground. Yep. Yeah. Primal Rage is the Mortal Kombat game where you're like monkeys fighting. Or right, fighting. okay. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Primal Rage, but Rampage would probably be better especially if it was a playthrough that somebody actually did and it was just our faces on it while somebody did a playthrough <laughs> of Rampage. Alan, get on the horn, bro. Talk to us. We can make something beautiful happen. Have our faces move into different things. At, well, at one point, mm-hmm. one of us turns into the naked bitch that gets thrown out the window. At one mm-hmm. point, your face rolls down to like the, the monkey's well, dick. Well, I feel like the girl the girl's always going to be Alan, though. Like that's that's where Alan comes with, with his face just like cold, just stone, like. <laughs> just on the girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a really it was a good episode. Uh, I watched that one and uh, Simmons episode, and I feel like he's got potential, but I feel like the potential could be channeled into the Agitator Project that's to a, become a a trio. I often feel like when I listen to other people's podcasts, it's just lacking a little agitator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just us, just being dumb. 
but but funny. Um. So what are we going to talk about today? What else? Oh, what, well, some I feel like something else happened today. Oh wait, do we have do we have more some, news? Over some news. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we we had um, we have cops going up and down the block looking for somebody because apparently mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. the shots that went off earlier was somebody defending their home. Yeah, and I guess they didn't defend it well enough because four gunshots went into nothing, and the mm-hmm. fool got away. Damn, we had a active shooter scare at school. Um, far as I know, it turned out, I don't think there was actually any guns involved, but the whole school went into lockdown, but I was on my planning period and I really had to poop. So I opened that door and I looked at the empty halls and I was like, I'm going to risk it because I really got to go. When so ima- imagine if it was and there was like actual dudes in there like what that security cam footage would look like it would just look <laughs> like me going like huh? Uh. and then just getting sprayed with an uzi <laughs> <laughs> you you like tiptoeing and then the kid is like you see him walking one way with the, with the <laughs> like with the ar and you're like creeping behind him and then you're like shit and then you go back twinkle toes back to the room and then you what would see be him, even better. What would be the, even better? You see him look like, around, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. he's like, "Oh, shrug." Keeps going, and then you peek out again, and you walk. Now you have your book. You're like, "Oh, yeah. I forgot my reading material." <laughs> <laughs> it'd be even better if it, like, if the security cam footage showed me like going into the bathroom and closing the door, and then like thirty seconds goes by, and then he just walks in, kicks in the door, and then just starts <laughs> spraying into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh he died as he lived shitting <laughs> he came he went out the way he came in yeah in the toilet in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh man um yeah i guess that's it for news for me Nothing else really interesting has happened. Just been writing. I wrote a thing for Substack. Y'all can go read that if you want. It's on brbjdo.substack.com. Oh, yeah, that was good. It's about outlining. I'm beginning to understand the value in it. I think several years of doing Lost Explorers and then this new direction for Agitator where we kind of freestyle spitball ideas, that's really all that outlining is. You're just... You're not writing. You're not in the sentence level prose mode. Uh, you're just kind of coming up with ideas. And so outlining is not a left brain activity at all. It's it's still creative. Yeah, it's still very creative. I think the um, resistance towards outlining is always like having a full like, so in this scene, there's this setting and there's these characters and they're going to start here they're gonna end here and then the book is gonna end like the and it's like where's the fun in that i don't get to surprise myself mm-hmm. but if you can mix it up and you know kind of get enough of an idea to have a direction of where to go then you can start going in that direction instead of just uh walking in any direction basically with your eyes closed like yeah 
I don't know what I'm doing, but isn't this fun? Which is, I mean, it's fine. I just, it's fine. But I think that, um, I do think for me, maybe this is true of you too, uh, because we are very similar writers, but I have that really good writing inspiration once every week or so. You feel what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to sit down and just like write and have it be a banger about once. And then when I'm done, it's like I've done a Kamehameha, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm spent. I have to recharge. And so that's fine. But if what you're doing in the meantime between those sprints is actually creating a landing strip, a runway basically for yourself, then when that, uh, you know, that inspiration hits, you have, excuse me, you have a, a a place to go with it and you could just like, boom, 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 knock it out. Cause I, I feel like I run out of gas, like after maybe six or 7,000 words, I feel like I'm out of gas, which is great for a week. I mean, I was, that's basically I was say a thousand like a, a day. Or, yeah. 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 No, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good output. Yeah. So if you do that, if like six days of the week, you are prepping for it. And then on that seventh day, you take the cork out and let it all flow. Outlining can really work to help, you know, direct you, guide you. And it's fun. It's also healthier than what I've always done, which is not write ever. And then in three days, write 30,000 words. Yeah, same. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about, right? You take that three-day, 30,000 words, but you put five days of prep before it. It's like foreplay, right? It's uh, That's how I like my foreplay, to go on for five days. For five days, yeah, <laughs> for five days. And then 30,000 words of just destroying, you know? But I, everybody's different. All different types of writers are different. I do feel like there are some people who really excel at the, you know, 1500 words a day thing. I did it for, for war in heaven and it worked, but it's not sustainable or fun for me. There are parts of the book that got really difficult. Like it felt like I was in molasses. Yeah. No, it's definitely time, not fun. Cause there's different modes I like to play in too. Yeah, that's really why I hate deadlines is because uh, one after um, this collection finally actually officially drops, we're a couple mm-hmm. days away, we're a couple days away, get off my dick. Um, I'm, I'm not ever telling anybody what I'm working on or anything. I'm just like, nope, nope, you'll see. It it's not it a good idea. Yeah, just you just finish things and then I I like to work on whatever I want to work on and yeah. at, and do like one day I want to do like just dialogue like I might get inspiration for dialogue and I don't have anywhere to put it and I, so I'll just I'll just write that with nowhere to put right. it and then maybe right. four days later I'll figure out where it goes and yeah I spent uh I spent this last weekend plus a day outlining my. Uh, basically Ronin Trash, what I'm going to do with Ronin Trash. And uh, I had so much fucking fun, dude. 
and that book is going to be such a banger. And then, uh, you know, Rios told me today, oh, you should go with the uh, guy who hates his dad book, the pri-, which she's right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the book to go with. But imagine if while I was in the heat of the moment of outlining Ronin Trash, if I was like, this book's going to come out in June. Yeah. But then it, but yeah. then it's not because I got this other one. So realistically, I'm not writing 200,000 words by June plus another book. Mm-hmm. It's just that's that's not going to happen. So <clears throat> release dates again, they really seem to work for some people uh who who say like, you know, this book's going to be done in July and then they they do it. I just had an editing client who was like, I put a pre-order up for March and I just finished the book. Can you do it in four days? So I said, yeah. And it worked for him. Like he finished it. He did it. And the book is good. But me, no. I have I'm, people I'm, who I'm pre-ordered squirly. God is wearing black back in uh, like February. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I mean, it's just it's not fine. So, it's like, just like, that that's that's a bit extreme i mean Mm -hmm. i've always been kind of late uh letting out the devils was like a week late mercy was like two weeks late or something like that um but uh, so that's kind of extreme and last year sucked and anybody who has a problem with it can suck my dick but that uh but even even still no it's like all right this is you know it's not done yet, but it will be done. And it's going to drop in blah, blah, blah. No, no more of that. No more of that. Mm-hmm. That just kills mm-hmm. the... I think writers have different demons that they're possessed by. Because mm-hmm. we're definitely demon-possessed to be doing this shit. And my demon doesn't like to be told what to do or when to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think also that um, books just kind of happen in their own time dude i mean I, I really i really like and admire writers who can stick to a schedule and say you know oh uh book five of my series has to be done in three months so i'm gonna finish it maybe one day i can be like that but not right now. I'm not. I'm not like that right now, dude. It's like not even Eddie isn't even like that. Even though he no, does not stick really. on a schedule, kind of. He's always writing a lot. <laughs> yeah, but he'd be switching shit up all the time. He's like, oh mm-hmm. man, I should be writing the next Howl book, but I've been stuck on this, uh, you know, right. Green Knight shit. He writes so much because he follows his bliss and writes what he's genuinely interested in at the moment. And he's a machine and it's fun to him writing to like more than any other broken river writer. Eddie is the guy who has the most fun writing. Like the and way Simmons, that I would be like, I feel like because when yeah, Simmons disappears for days of not yeah. really talking for a while, he comes sure. back and he's like, you all finished Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think though the different well and it might just be the different writing styles but I do think that Eddie is special in that like I'll 
play video games or have a beer or watch anime and like that's how I have fun. To Eddie, the writing is the fun. Mm. That's and I think that I'm not I'm not there. And I might not ever be there. There's always a just, hint of work about it. I think you got to get rid of the deadlines. I think because I was yeah. having a lot of fun yeah. writing today. Yeah. And I was kind of in that mode of like, I don't give a fuck what y'all want me to do. I'm going to write mm-hmm. whatever I want. And I was having a lot of fun with it. I mm-hmm. think it's just mm-hmm. that is being like, maybe I don't that's care. part of outlining too, dude. Maybe it's just like, because outlining is so divorced from what the final product's going to look like. It starts to be fun again. So maybe there's a way to tweak that to make the whole process that way. We're close though. We are so, we're so fucking close to just being machines and people have gotten to see it live, which is different because most people don't pop out until they have their system in place. We just work it out as we go. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not afraid of looking stupid. (laughs) I'm certainly not. Everything is an no. experiment. I'm on my Rick yeah. Rubin shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not working on no masterpiece. I'm just experimenting. Bars. All right. Speaking of masterpieces. Let's get what are going. Doing? What are we doing? So I stopped myself from having any more ideas because, you know, once this thing starts going, it just, you know, and then yeah. I'm doing a, a solo agitator in my head. So I just stopped myself after having... A, a character idea i just pictured a rodeo clown mm. down on his luck he's got some kind of aspiration he's a sad boy mm-hmm. but he, maybe he's got a dark maybe there's a darkness to him some kind of sadness to him but he's a rodeo clown and you know that I'm, i just that was the only idea i had so far rodeo clown character what do we do? I like it. Okay, so first thing with the rodeo clown character, what problems does a rodeo clown have? What is a rodeo clown's uh, like uncut gem style? Like, what is a rodeo? Oh, uh, they're uh, you feel uh, porn addiction. Um, okay, probably running from something. Usually a felon, because think about it, you got you know no face, no case, and you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, nobody respects that. Nobody's looking at the rodeo clown. They watch when you're being chased by the bull, but, you know, they came to watch John Travolta on the, or whoever mm-hmm. the fuck that was in eight seconds. And uh, they didn't, they didn't come to look at you. I'm typing in right now. Do rodeo clowns go to school? Let's they do a bit pr- of They probably have here. chlamydia. <laughs> so they're basically car, like carnies. Yeah, they got they got a bit of that carny in them, I think. All right, let's go to WikiHow. Let's go to WikiHow. How do I become a rodeo clown? Pursuing a career as a rodeo clown involves mastering physical agility, quick thinking, and a sense of humor. You don't have to master any of those things. You're just born with them if you're from the south. There we go. You're good at jumping fences. Training often includes attending rodeo clown schools. I knew there was going to be a fucking school. Let's go. This is our way in. Uh, Gaining experience at amateur rodeos. Also perfect. Because if you're writing a book, especially if it's like a crime book, what better setting could you have than an amateur rodeo? You know that shit is nasty, bro. Oh, yeah. You You know that's gritty. 
on um, all accounts you're gonna have the sex and the violence like not just the violence of the sport itself but the violence out mm-hmm. in the parking lot next to the trailers when somebody looks at somebody else's belt buckle girl yo the parking lot of a rodeo is probably crazy it is i've been to rodeos they're nuts i've never full been of, full of sluts so many sluts Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> rodeos are dope. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Before you make a firm decision to become a rodeo clown, it is important that you fully understand the risks involved in this type of work. You could get gored. How do you not know the risks of being a rodeo clown? You're fucking with bulls. Never been to a rodeo. <laughs> never never been to a rodeo? You're like, hey, this seems cool. I like clowns. Just run around. Imagine like a fucking, uh, imagine a fuck. Oh, maybe this is a way in too. Imagine an essay, like a, like a Latino gangbanger who just really likes clowns. Like he, he fucking paints, uh, laugh now, cry later on his fucking, uh, Impala or whatever. He's like, I fucking love clown. Oh bro. There's a fucking clown job down the street. Let's go fool. You don't even need a GED. (laughs) Ah, it's a fucking Doro way. We can do this shit. No worries. <laughs> we'll file that one. We'll we'll, we'll file the uh, the Cholo rodeo the cho- clown. The Cholo dreams. Yeah. 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 Um, some bullfighting schools place emphasis on bullfighting technique. Well, uh, what is the technique? Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, over here. Hey. <laughs> 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 While others offer a curriculum that blends the entertainment aspects of clowning I, with traditional bullfighting. I love these words they're using. Mastery, curriculum. Mm-hmm. It, it's putting pain on your face and running from a bull for like $200 a week <laughs> and room and board. <laughs> um, once you have completed your training, it is important to develop some connections within the rodeo industry. Oh, network. Time to network. Your network is your net worth. In many cases, rodeo clown jobs are obtained through referral or word of mouth. So you will likely need a few friends within the rodeo circuit. Hey, I got this cousin. He got some felonies on him. But, you know, he uh, he down to travel. I mean, he ain't got many other options, really. And he, he dumb as shit. But, I mean, you know, he can run <laughs> fast as a motherfucker. I tell you what. Yeah. But he did get caught. But that's that was the that was the taser. They tricked him. Um, all right. Y'all ain't got no tasers uh, in that rodeo, do you? Yo, this article is short. This was definitely an AI joint. Okay, some rodeo clowns get themselves noticed by entering contests. Not only do the contests often offer lucrative cash awards. Here we go. All right, the crime plot is percolating. Fast okay. cash. Uh, grievous bodily harm, mm-hmm. painting yourself like a fucking clown. The metaphorical possibilities here are great because, folks, isn't that what we do with our jobs? Don't we all dress up as clowns and stand in front of a bull? Don't we all do this? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my youth pastor thing right For now. Other I'm turning, people's, the, uh, turning the chair around. Other people's amusement, mm-hmm. or not even they don't they don't give a shit. Like, cause really, you would think on paper it sounds like a, if you've never been to a rodeo, it kind of sounds like a humiliating thing. But um, nobody gives a shit about the clown. Like they're really just out there to 
get the the bull out of the way and back in the pen and everybody wants to see the stars yeah isn't it funny that bulls are kind of like two-year-olds too like they hate clowns like they're grumpy. <laughs> they just run at you full force with their head. They run at you full force for no reason. And then they see a clown and they're like, oh, fuck no. That's but exactly they weigh, what my kids do. They weigh 2,000 pounds and they have sharp points on their head. So if a toddler weighed 2,000 pounds and had sharp points on its head, it would definitely kill a clown. It would kill Santa Claus for sure. Like it would just see Santa Claus and like, well, Santa Claus wearing red. So that's a, that's a red flag right there. It would just gore his ass. So is this some kind of father son guilt story? Like this clown fool, mm. he's got some shit he's running away from. Yeah. And also some need yeah. for some fast yeah. cash. Uh, He's in a he's in a whole, some kind of, some kind of desperate shit. And, but, but there's no redemption arc. There's no possibility mm -hmm. for like, he, drowned his kid or something some neglect his, thing maybe he's a sober a, clown his dad's a cowboy his dad's a cowboy his dad is a rodeo hero and he was next up but he experiences uh okay so the rodeo is going on they wheel out jerry hassani to do the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just see it because the culture of the rodeo and everything. He goes wheeling out to the middle of the, to the center of the arena and everybody's like, wow, yeah, yeah, you go, Jerry. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It, don't ever tell me Mexicans don't work hard. <laughs> Look at that retard out there singing the anthem. <laughs> Look at him. He don't even know the words. He don't even speak no English, but he out he there doing no his English. best. What is he, Spanish? Is he some kind of some kind of foreign? Um no, but for I mean it's obviously a dad thing. The dad okay, so I'm thinking of how in Whalefall the kid's dad is he's not the he's not like rich. Or a celebrity, but he's known for being a badass. Mm. So in Whale Fall, the kid who goes out and gets swallowed by a whale, he's trying to find his dad's body because his dad has committed suicide, found out he had cancer, decided to take matters into his own hands. But the kid can never get respect in this coastal community of surfers and fishermen because his dad is so badass. So it would be something like that, right? What if he only knows his dad through legend? Mm. Like his dad's a fucking rodeo legend, but he don't know it. He ran out to get cigarettes one day when he was little and he's just been running the rodeo circuit. And so he's trying to find his dad, but mm -hmm. not not just not to meet him, not just to be like, fuck you, or hey daddy, it's me. Why'd you run away? Not not for there's something else. There's some other reason. Yeah. He's gotta find his dad because his dad's debts which are more hidden than his legend is have made their way back home. Right. Right. I like that a lot. And I feel like it works thematically because I feel like a lot of people our age feel like our parents, I mean, our parents, most of our parents are Gen X, 
We some some of us might have boomer parents. Mine are Gen X though. Mine are Gen X. Yeah, we had young and, ass parents. And they were the kids of the boomers, right? And so the shit hadn't quite yet trickled down to us. So the idea of your dad being able to be a bull rider and having just kind of like waltzed into it, you know, maybe his dad was a, a cattle rancher. All that money's gone now, right? Your dad was a bull rider and now you're the fucking clown. You see how that works mm. symbolically? Mm -hmm. Like how like we're the mm -hmm. fucking clowns. We're the ones who are, are like hundred percent the clowns. The clowns who get sent out to like go distract, go put your life on the line so that people can cheer for your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. See what I mean? Like yeah. um, so we have to so I like the fact that his dad might have some serious debts. That's good. That's good for me. Um what would his dad be doing? Playing Hold'em or probably that's my first thought. Yeah. Uh, so his dad's a poker player too. So or, now we have the introduction of like chance and I mean there's a whole poker thing there too about risk and there's like, yeah, all about gambling, like everything's yeah. about the gamble. I mean, the whole rodeo is a gamble. Mm-hmm. And then the piss, whole chance right the whole chance of like, you know, this kind of convoluted, so you're just gonna join the rodeo as a clown and hunt down your father. What are the like chances like that's kind of a uh convoluted way to to go about looking for somebody but it plays into the theme of chance which is why it works and then with cards this is just kind of a stretch since you're pissing right now the uh the tarot card of the fool is kind of close to the clown thematically archetypically okay no you cracked it that's it so <clears throat> i read last call with um glenn actually for ghost in the tome that's a story about a father and son uh well the the kid's dad isn't exactly present but he has a father figure who are playing a high stakes poker game with tarot cards like for their souls Basically, mm -hmm. that's the idea. I love the idea of introducing the tarot somehow to to bull riding, or just somehow incorporating that. If there's a way we could make that work, because yeah. the fool is kind of like the clown, um, some kind of mystical system, right? So now we're conceiving of the rodeo as this lineage that's being passed down from father to son. And on the surface, it is cheap, vulgar entertainment, but behind the scenes, there's a whole, there's a whole language. There's a whole world behind this thing because that's what people really want to see, right? Like they want to see like the secret world of bull riding and rodeo clowns. 
Yeah, that's what's fascinating about it is what's going on in the bleachers and the trailers and when you're mm -hmm. rolling out between towns. Because, um, that, I mean, that shit is wild. Those are just, think about who it takes to want to be in rodeo yeah. and then what kind of people are groupies for rodeo. <laughs> people with nothing to fucking lose. Mm-hmm. mystical elements i mean the tarot works structurally for it mm -hmm. in just mm -hmm. a way of like the different archetypes so you got the fool as the sun you've got the star as the dad you've got The way that the people, so who are, it can't be just debt collectors coming to his house. Mm -hmm. It's got to mm -hmm. be people who can't, if they met him because, because he's a star and he's traveling, they could just go to the rodeo, you know what I mean? And be like, mm -hmm. hey, mm -hmm. motherfucker, pay up. Um, Looking something up right now. Because I feel like there might be an esoteric angle to this. Um, the tribe of Levi, right? What if there was a weird terrorist group called the tribe of Levi? So in the Bible, the tribe of Levi, wait, I got this wrong. I got this wrong. Uh, oh, I like that shit. it's Levi too because of Levi's genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, maybe we can go with that because I was looking for the people in the Bible who worship the golden calf, right? As a kind of mm. bad guy. Yeah, uh, the, the uh, tribe Egyptians, of Levi did. Right? That's well, what... no the the tribe of Levi did not worship the golden ca calf. The Hebrews did, so mm. we have to have the Jews as the bad guys for this one. Mm. Um, no, no, just because <laughs> no reason. Just it's, because it's in the Bible. No, it's um, in. The... Don't get mad at us. Get mad at God. Uh, why Aaron, Moses's brother, worshipped a Canaanite god? But there's something there, right? Like you want to get a crying of Lot 49 group of kind of cultists around this because when you have a story that is like a father, like the, the son is trying to like overcome, simultaneously uh, impress the father. He's fallen low. He's the rodeo clown. You need some kind of outside force coming in. Mm -hmm. And I do like the idea that, that the father has debts, but this feels to me like a crying of lot 49, um, like six angles type thing. Mm -hmm. Like there's a bunch yeah. going on. The golden calf is the rodeo. That is mm -hmm. his golden calf, getting on that bull and riding it. Mm -hmm. So that being his idol, that means where he comes from is not rodeo. It's something that, that that's what he was drawn to. So he ran off, maybe even changed his name. He was part of this terrorist cell called the Tribe of Levi that infiltrated the rodeo to MK Ultra Southerners into getting COVID vaccines. There we go. All right, now we're cooking. <laughs> I also, I just saw this. According to the Bible, the golden calf 
was a cult image made by the Israelites when Moses went up to Mount Sinai. In Hebrew, the incident is known as the sin of the calf. So we have a title right there. Boom. The sin, the sin of the calf. Um, hmm. It's right there. And folks, by the way, this is the new format. So this is how brainstorming works. It might not be the best radio, but this is how you figure shit out. I'm having um, a blast. So I I'm having a real fucking fun time. Um. All right. Let me actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to yeah, write some of this shit down. What, what's everybody down. else talking about on their podcast? The curse. Okay. Good, sh- good show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. The sixth show that's talking about the curse. They've Can't all been, to hear the takes. I like that they've all been, uh, uh, at least the ones I listen to. All our the homies been all going on about it. They all got different takes too. So shouts out to them. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I'm never watching it, and I don't care. Um, I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like that guy. I don't like his creepy, weird little face. Oh, who, I don't Nathan, like that Nathan Fielder. I can't stand his fucking face, and I don't like that style of humor where it's just made made to make you feel bad the whole time. I did um, not think the show was. I think it helped. I knew nothing about this fool. Like who? He oh, you is. watched it? Oh, let's yeah, do our watched, let's do our episode about the curse. Then let's go. Okay, welcome cool. to Agitator. We're talking, <laughs> We're about, talking the about the curse. curse. Uh, <laughs> fuck the rodeo store. <laughs> All right. The, the, this was so good. I want to actually write this. Rodeo clown, father. Rodeo legend. The Sin of the Calf. Okay, so we have the title. The What is the Sin of the Calf in this case? What does the rodeo clown do? What's the inciting incident? Does he fucking... Does he kill his dad? Does he set his dad up to die? Oh, what if he uncut Jim's his, his dad? Like, off, off rip. Hmm. Like, what if, what if to save the family or something he has to like he bets against his dad and then yeah. like shoots the bull up with uh whatever the guy from the serbian film takes that just like turns it into a monster and so he, it stomps his dad out and he he gets a big payday damn that and that's uh that's like Yeah, so what does dad do? There's got to be, we got to establish these antagonists. Mm. Like, what does dad do? What does dad do? Okay, so dad had him young. Mm-hmm. Had him young. Dad lived life. He starts to kind of get to know his dad around what, 12? Right. Mom's got some kind of health issue and some kind of like known. uh, Like a female issue or like a real issue? Like a real issue. Okay. <laughs> like she on okay. oxygen or something. Gotcha. She, so she not got, like fibromyalgia or some shit. Yeah. And she got like known beef with them. There's got to be reason mm-hmm. that they're not just burning down her trailer or whatever. They're like, yeah, we no like we tried to come and be like where's he at but we kind of knew that you weren't gonna know uh 
You know, dude, honestly, I'm I'm kind of feeling this biblical angle. I like to go back to these stories. Um, the Bible is a ten of ten banker. So Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, right? And then he comes back and everybody's worshiping a golden calf. So if we had this Moses was also a bastard that was thrown into, well, not a bastard, but an orphan who was tossed yeah. into the river. Okay, let's go. Now, now we're cooking. So the son, maybe what? he's oh. not. It's it's reverse Moses, right? So he get he gets picked up by the calf worshippers. So it's like a reversal on the story. Is that reverse? Because Moses Man, does get know. Moses does get picked up. He he doesn't stay. But in the, he gets in the river. he gets. Oh, that's true. Because he he. But the my point is is that like he gets picked up by Pharaoh or Pharaoh's mm. wife or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and in this case, I guess it's not reverse, really. Yeah. yeah if what gets, if what if he does get picked up? Like he gets picked up by the buckle bunny of the rodeo star. He could, or the rodeo could be the Jews, and his regular life is like the middle management McMansion people. Right. Yo, and they right. can't understand why he wants to keep going he, back to <coughs> he's like the uh he's like the bastard son of a Donald Trump motherfucker. Mm -hmm. He's like mm -hmm. some like some Hunter Biden fucked a crack whore and knocked her up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and then she was like, This is your baby, and he was like Put yep. that shit over there to the Haunts radio. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right, we're close. We're the close. I can feel it. I can feel it circling. Of leave or more of a religious angle. More more of a I like the scandal thing with the birth. Mm -hmm. But if it's not a uh like political um mm -hmm. thing if it's more like a more like a religious thing um well he gets picked up by the rich people right he's of low birth but he gets picked up by the rich and then he wants to go oh he runs away right because then moses ends up running away yeah yeah, yeah yeah he goes he goes back his tribe is the rodeo people Gotcha, gotcha. His dad is like, uh, you know, I don't know. What's a boring rich person job? He's like a CFO or something of uh, Church's upstate, Chicken. Uptown Cheapskate or something like that, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, uh so he's definitely so he's lived a rich life. This becomes interesting now too in the novel sense, right? Because like people don't have very much sympathy for rich kids, but what if you were trash who got adopted by rich people? That's so, interesting. 
and wanted to go back. And you want to go back to the trash. All and of your dad style. is this fucking beer gut. He's a hero though, right? Like he's a legend. But your mom is what do you call him? The the belt buckle slut or buckle, like what buckle bunny. Buckle bunny. That's it. Your mom's a buckle bunny and your dad's a fucking bull riding hero. And so you become a clown. You're brought low. We still don't have a plot, though. We have all the themes in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the actual plot? This is my forever conundrum. Yes. Not forever. It's, it's... This, is my, this is my old conundrum. Uh-huh. We're going to figure out what a plot is. Because, uh, yeah, I just take this on a series of vignettes as is and be like, who needs a story? This is just right. crazy. Right. Well, okay, what's the character's change, right? So he, if he goes on this journey where he's brought low. He idolizes his dad. Okay, what if yeah. he doesn't? I like the Moses angle and he, he, he has his return because he idolizes his dad. And that's another thing that could even like, uh, the story is kind of, kind of based and reactionary in the way that like his upper middle management kind of rich vanilla father we actually gain sympathy for because he's like all i've ever done is love you like mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and you just idolize this piece of trash who doesn't care mm -hmm. about you um but he does he goes so that that's got to be part of the change though is that he mm -hmm. sees that like like there's no there's not going to be any love there because he's never going to be his dad and he'll mm. always be a disappointment to his dad and also his dad doesn't his dad's like a child he's mm -hmm. a bull riding hero he's a hero amongst trash people with like mm -hmm. 20 25 mm -hmm. iq who you know not to just shit talk all rodeo people i think rodeo is nuts and mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. cool like but uh but no but these people in the story they're just straight trash um let's just make it that he wants to kill his dad then that's that's the plot he's like i'm gonna kill this motherfucker and i'm yeah. gonna find out how to do it and yeah. what if he did it by fucking <laughs> let's get weird dude he can communicate with the bulls maybe or something like he's like a bull whisperer yo yeah they're he, they're all calling him faggot and shit for like talking yeah. to the to well maybe we'd have to play it real subtly because you know people who fuck with this story are gonna be like rodeo type people like mm -hmm. western mm -hmm. fans mm -hmm. and shit and real life Western fans, rodeo people, country ass people, they love animals. So they wouldn't mm -hmm. be calling him a faggot for talking to the cow. Uh, they'd probably think that shit was cool as hell. They, um, but his, his dad has the gift of being able to talk to the bulls. That's why he's so good at bull riding. So he and so the son inherited inherits that. that. And yeah. maybe, maybe where the novel gets really interesting, right? Is this pivot point where he starts hanging out with the bulls and the bulls talk like people and he starts to like convince them that they need to do an uprising. 
yo just like animal farm <laughs> yeah wild thornberries dr doolittle the rodeo yeah. he can just talk to the bulls and the bulls can talk too and so the bulls are telling him about their experience of all this shit they're like yeah we know we know he's gonna hop on i'm gonna knock his ass out like it's like he's all of a sudden in the in mixed gym in rocky but it's all bulls and they, they're yeah. all like training they're like yeah we're and so now it gets really weird, right? Um, where we have this like it it turns into Doctor Doolittle, and the son is like, okay, so I just want you to know, like nobody here respects you. Like this guy who's talking to you, he's actually your enemy. So he's like, he's training up this army to do this thing, and then we could have it end with the bulls killing the dad. And then them all getting euthanized and the whole rodeo getting shut down. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. Cause then it's just everybody, everybody using everybody. Then the sin of the calf mm-hmm. really is that idolatry, the sin of idolatry is not right. that, oh, the calf is evil or this or that. It's that idolatry objectifies mm-hmm. a living thing or a non-living thing, you know, but like whatever. But in this case, like they're just treated as objects. Mm-hmm. The object that gets me to my success or the object that gets me my revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I that. feel like that's that's the story probably is a is a is a kid who was given up for adoption he gets picked up by a by a wealthy family he finds out who his real dad is and feels a bloodlust to make his father pay he also has an inherited ability to speak to animals like his dad does and uses that in his time as a rodeo clown there can Go be ahead. some cool scenes with like um him doing TikTok videos with his dog or whatever. Like they got a little mm-hmm. labradoodle or something, the rich mm-hmm. family. And mm-hmm. he's like making the dog do the soldier boy crank that dance or whatever. <laughs> and he forces the bulls to rise up against their captors, and the bulls are immediately put down. <laughs> we said no redemption in this one (laughs) no redemption so then he's so then he goes back to his rich family and i feel like the most brutal ending is that they just take him back in and he goes back to his existence he gets him a job yeah as an orphan and it ends with him in like a cubicle Mm -hmm. and his dad has moved on to a new rodeo and his his mom is still you know fucking whoever and just kind of doing her oh thing. yeah yeah his mom just she makes the rounds she makes the rounds and she's as much a legend of riding as mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like the last scene is him in a cubicle fucking watching his dad on a phone fo- on his phone yeah it's like and he does it again <laughs> Yo, dark. That that's dark. dark, and that that have people like 
you know every there's kind of this uh wave of uh it's so surface to be like anti-woke but that's kind of what it is there's like this like whole anti-woke era that's mm -hmm. like uh you know with uh white lotus and the idol and euphoria and like mm -hmm, just mm -hmm, basically mm -hmm. everything coming out now this feels like rife for that kind of territory like mm -hmm. those kind of characters they're just like uh you know oh the the salt of the earth hero is like no nah, he's a piece of shit mm -hmm. and he's gonna kind of win out in the end go on being doing the same old shit he was doing and it's like uh uh the animals and shit we can have like real there can be some little environmentalist uh you know so, some like sort of based unearthing of the truth of or not even but just like some some real facts like how are how are animals treated in the rodeo for good or bad for real like we yeah. dig in dig into that and actually show like reality this feels like a like a your like a yorgos lanthimos joint for sure just yeah. like a, just like just a feel bad movie just a, yeah 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 you know yeah. <laughs> Where nothing goes the way that it's supposed to. Like no people... real, no real statement to make. Just a mm -hmm. like seeing a scab and just picking it and let, watching it, it bleed yeah, all yeah. over the place. Yeah, and then where Moses breaks the Ten Commandments. I mean, you could have this whole thing where, you know, the sun on the day that the that the bulls are going to rise up or whatever. You know, he comes out as the clown and he tries to speak to the crowd. Like he comes down, but they're too busy like cheering on the bull. And so he just like breaks whatever he has. He's like, fuck it. Do what you're going to do, which doesn't turn out well. Like the only people who actually get hurt are like the, you know, the good hearted uh, assistant or whatever. It's his like head stomped in or whatever. And then the bulls all get killed. He gets sent back to the pen. What if we could introduce like a sort of, love interest subplot that turns in so like there's like a glimmer of hope for the, in, in the beginning like when we catch on there's like a glimmer of uh there's a, a false direction that this could have a sort of a happy ending you know you think oh he's gonna stop caring about any of this and just go uh live with his own buckle bunny and raise 12 kids or Right. Like he's uh, given the opportunity to like repeat his dad's life. Yeah. Repeat and, it or do it. And he rejects it because it's his dad. Yeah. But it's actually like, dude, that was your chance. And she has to. So his mom is a straight slut. Like we got to show that his mom is a fucking whore. Mm -hmm. And this chick that like he meets up with at the rodeo, she's like heart of gold, pure, yeah. like mm -hmm. just perfect. She's depicted as like an angel who wanders into his life. And uh maybe he even knocks her up in her time in their time uh -huh. in the rodeo. And when the shit goes down, maybe he succeeds in killing his dad. Mm. But the tragedy is like they like his dad gets stomped out and everything, and the animals get euthanized. And 
the tragedy is that like he feels good about that and just goes and just is like it's like okay i did it i won i, I won and he goes I won. and he goes back home <laughs> i like that and just leaves the bitch yeah no i like that that's good that's good i was thinking maybe she could also like get with the dad at the end but if he stomped out that's not possible but she could be oh she, she could. could at the end be caring for his like you know, fucking uh, retarded shell. And then the theme music comes on from who? <laughs> Jerry Hassani, baby. Jerry <laughs> <laughs> and the last shot of the movie is the credits roll. Is the dad in a wheelchair like this with the Jerry Hassani joint playing over? Yeah, the start the started as a novel and now it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I like your ending better. I like the idea that, you know, in order to do what he wants to do, all he really does is have a bunch of false starts with his philosophy hurt people around him and then just go back to what he was doing when well, it's kind of like this is what you do like this is it's a story about fatherless children yeah which i feel there needs to be more of because we're an entire generation of dads who abandon their families yep um and it, it's like look i mean look at what you've created your people don't you know your kids don't know how to follow through they got no mm -hmm. follow through and then which is why he becomes as a character symbolically mm -hmm. he sets out to do something he follows through and now it's yeah. like we as the audience reader whatever we're like damn that's cold but it's like he as a character is actually grown and fulfilled himself mm -hmm. he saw it he but saw it through and then, yeah, that's the real hard-hitting, dramatic move is to have your character succeed and fulfill what they want to do and show how pointless and empty it was to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, not fail, but actually succeed. And then just be like, mm, it's like, all right, it's, good job. That, that's the fucking, that's like, it feels very American honey to me. It's like a very American honey vibe with the whole thing. Yeah. Like the rodeo clowns and it, like, the 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 movie or the book whatever also if would this be is mostly movie, about that or as a book either this is like a six hundred page book or a three hour movie yeah because it's gonna be a ton of we have a plot like right we established the yeah. plot mm -hmm. but there's gonna be so much meandering like just yeah. a fuckload of rodeo scenes you have to because it's it's a lot of research it's mostly about like the rodeo itself. How it actually and the, and the people works. Who are in it. The, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the, the characters like... who are on the periphery, like who goes to it, who's working the popcorn stand, mm -hmm. the clowns, the fucking the cowboys. Like, My mom was like, popcorn stand for a while. That's why I've, uh, I think that's the only reason I've been to the rodeo. I don't think we ever paid to go to rodeo. Yeah. I just, let's go. Let's go. But yeah, I mean, like the, 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 the soap opera drama between, I mean, you could have a rivalry between the dad and, and somebody else, right? I mean, you can have uh, the people in the stands. You can go into their lives, and like a big sprawling mm -hmm. American novel. A lot of people camp out, like who are either in the rodeo or they're like, like I said, rodeo got groupies. Like mm -hmm. people, people follow this shit, or people work at rodeo, and maybe they're from like out of town or kind of outskirts, and so they just bring yeah. the camper there and they set up and they just stay at the rodeo for the week or whatever. I um I remember being there one time, uh, a friend 
whose mom was maybe also working the popcorn or something we were like yeah we've seen rodeo we're cool and so we're like hanging out in the trailers so we go to his trailer and we're playing like we're setting up dominoes all around the trailer so that we can knock mm -hmm. them down you know that mm -hmm. big, big mm -hmm. uh dramatic domino falls uh we uh when we go to his trailer this chick steps out the sh like steps out the shower area in a towel who's mm -hmm. not his mom and mm -hmm. we're just like okay all right bye <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna so check out this now. check okay. out this rube goldberg domino effect that i've got going on <laughs> uh -huh. yeah i think i think that's it it's definitely different from Dust Bowl Sarkovsky, but different plots require different modes of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And this, this to me feels very much like a much more thematic plot that is setting up a kind of uh, uh, space for you to explore a lot of different like sub stories in it, right? Mm -hmm. You'd have this overall plot, but like you said, it would be, 600 pages three hours whatever there'd be a lot of scenes where people are washing the bulls or whatever the fuck they do right and talking or going to a bar and getting drunk or taking like it's very much that kind of sprawling western type epic that still has the kind of revenant focus on revenge <clears throat> But we would we would see like two failed attempts at revenge, right? Including one where the son just straight up has a gun. Yeah, and he's gonna he's he gonna do, like, that would be the, the second one, but he doesn't have the balls to do it, right? So now he has to engage with this like mystical occult animal angle, where he's been he's been talking to animals the whole time, mm -hmm. and now he's like mm -hmm. hmm. I can talk to them. What if I can convince them? And the bull, he could even be talking to his dad's bull, or maybe that's a like like the golden cat. That's like the last animal he talks to. You could be either. No, I see maybe. the I see the bull as being a whole dramatic arc too. Like you can have a POV from the bull. Yeah. Right. Like just. What's going on in the fucking bull's life? Yeah. Oh, no. He does talk to the bull because that's where we mm -hmm. extrapolate a lot of that history and shit. And like, what is that dynamic? Like, because this bull thinks he's the star. Yep. And he's like, yeah, maybe not playing the dad, but he's like, there, there's some kind of partner in which he thinks he's higher in the hierarchy because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he, mm -hmm. he's still the last one standing. Eventually, his dad falls off. Yes, we have sins of the calf, or we could call it the bull. Um, let's look up some rodeo terms. We might find a good title. Twenty-two rodeo terms you should know. Go ahead. Straight bull. Straight bull. Yeah. Um. Nuck if you buck. <laughs> rough, rough stock. Rough stock. Um. Clover leaf. What does that mean? Oh, that's barrel racing. But I do like that word, clover leaf. I like golden calf too. Because yeah. it says a lot. Yeah. 
it's the idol. Yeah. It's, it's the idol angle, and it's also like you think of a trophy because it's rodeo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Golden calf. That's good. Did you know that the first title of "By the Time We Leave Here, We Were We'll Be Friends" was going to be uh, the calf? Yeah, because that's what you call the motherfucker that you that you send out just to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we did it. Episode two of the new format. The calf, the sins of the calf, the bull. We 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 won't. What are we calling this? I golden feel like calf? we won't. Yeah, golden calf. I feel like we won't always leave this one on the table because this this one almost got to be written now. This is that's good. how we should feel every time we finish a show. Yeah, we should be like, damn. Dust Bowl sarcophagi was also like that. Where yeah. I was like, that yeah. shit slaps. Mm-hmm. This one's just a lot closer to the chest. Unlocking how to think of how to implement plot into my shit too. Because this mm-hmm. feels like something mm-hmm. I would write, but before I would have no plot to it whatsoever. It'd just be like, mm-hmm. there's people at a rodeo, there's a clown, there's talking animals. There's Yeah, and you would just, I mean, it would just be a matter of coming up with different plot arcs for, we'll say four different characters, right? And they all converge at this one. Yeah, and that's show. easy. It's the whole family. It's the... Yeah. Uh, the the son yeah. the rodeo clown son the superstar dad the chick he knocks up his mm-hmm. horror mom mm-hmm. and and the bull boom and that's his rich a, dad that's a that's a novel yeah do the rich dad one too it's rich the, dad the rich dad, dad just have scenes meets like, eight seconds <laughs> yeah the the rich dad is just like uh so i guess the thunder is playing tonight <laughs> so I'll go to my pinball room and turn on my TV. You know, like <laughs> he's just like he uh, accidentally makes avocado toast for two one morning and is like, "Oh yeah," and then he just sits and quietly eats one piece of toast and leaves the other on the table. Mm-hmm. And then we linger if it's a if it's a movie, we linger on the shot for like. 12 seconds and then a Mexican maid comes up and takes the other one. <laughs> there we go. Let's go. Let's go. That's it. Boom.